Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, February 3rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Super Bowl bye week is coming to an end, and soon the Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles will be headed to Phoenix. And that got me wondering if the team's divergent paths to the big game played a role in their approach. The Eagles breezed through their two playoff games. The Chiefs played a pair of one-score games against the Jaguars and Bengals. Does that give either side an emotional edge? We discuss that and more on today's show with star columnist Sam McDowell and beat writers Jesse Newell and Herbie Teope. We also get into the Chiefs' injury situation. Okay, let's get started. Good afternoon from sunny Arrowhead Stadium. Welcome to Sportsbeat Live. This is a show where we discuss Chiefs with the folks in the media who know them best and with you. Send us your questions and comments and let's talk about the Super Bowl-bound Kansas City Chiefs with Jesse Newell, Herbie Teope, and Sam McDowell. Great to see you guys. Uh, we're all uh, posted up somewhere in the Arrowhead Stadium press box. Um, it's a pretty lengthy press box. I hope we're um, hope everybody found a good spot to, you know, to to speak from. So let's let's get right to it. Chiefs. Philadelphia Eagles, a week from Sunday, Super Bowl 57. Today was the first day that we had an opportunity to talk to Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and other players since the AFC Championship game victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, We were all curious about the health of these Chiefs, and we got some answers today and some observations at practice. So, Herbie, why don't you take us through what you saw. Uh, Let's go through what uh, what Andy Reid said first about the – uh, the injury list, and, and then we'll talk about some some um, you know conditions of these these injuries and what it may mean for the Chiefs. But let's let's go down the list. Let's start with the guys who left the game um, on Sunday and what their status is. Yeah, you had five players who left the game. You had Legereus Lee with a concussion, McCall Hardman who aggravated that pelvis injury, Juju Smith Schuster with the knee injury, Kadarius Tony with an ankle-slash-hamstring injury, and also linebacker Willie Gay with a shoulder injury. Of those five, four did not practice today. Uh, Sneed's still in the concussion protocol. Kadarius Toney and Juju Smith-Schuster were observed on the practice field watching from the sidelines. Sneed, surprisingly, also was observed on the practice field towards the end of it. He was going through stretching and conditioning a good sign that he is progressing well in that five-step concussion protocol. The, the big one, though, is, is at this point is McCole Hardman. You know, the pelvis injury, I asked Andy Reid specifically how challenging will it be for him to return in time for the Super Bowl. Andy Reid essentially said, look, I think it's doubtful. I don't think he's going to play. So Chiefs are going to prepare going forward without McCole Hardman. I was kind of surprised he played anyway um, in, in the AFC title game. Uh, I, I didn't know what the chances were, uh, but I thought I thought we had seen him for the last time a couple of months ago. He really did give it a you know give it a shot, and it was on the um, it was on the play in the third quarter when Mahomes rolled left and completed uh, what it was about an eleven yard pass to Hardman that Hardman went down, you know, aggravating that abdomen injury and. That was when uh, Patrick Mahomes came up as gimpy as we've seen him at all during that game. He was limping um, pretty noticeably. And I believe 
Um, he said, or I heard someone who in a, in a position to know after the game say that um, because the game stopped and um, and and, uh, and then they had to tend to Hardman, that actually gave a couple extra minutes for Mahomes to, Mahomes to gather himself and to uh, and, and, and to rest that ankle for just a you know a couple of minutes. Um, all right, so that, that's um, uh, let, let's transition to that Mahomes. With the ankle injury, Jesse, what what did we know? What did we learn about that today? With um, you know, Mahomes played on the high ankle sprain and um, af- performed admirably, of course. Uh, so we're all curious about where things stand with him and the ankle. What, what did he? What was the update from him? Yeah, he was asked about that pretty early today, as you'd expect, and he just said he basically had general soreness from the game. It was a kind of a physical game to go through, especially that last hit that he took. And you mentioned earlier, Blair, the one that hit that he kind of had to to shake off earlier in the game, but he basically said his whole body was a little bit sore. He didn't feel like the ankle took a step backwards. So no re aggravation in, in any regard with that, but just sort of was, was sore after this particular game. So it feels like he's in a good spot for moving ahead for the Super Bowl. And as we know, I mean, if he performed just anywhere close to what he did on Sunday uh, here in two weeks, then I think Chiefs fans will be happy with potentially what they're going to get out of him because at times he didn't look hurt at all. And, uh, when he really, really, really needed to push down the throttle and get first downs or scramble, we saw him be able to do that. And you would assume there's going to be one or two of those moments in the Super Bowl where he's going to do the same sort of thing. So um, get get those get that rest for him. Uh, obviously, with uh, the couple weeks off, he'll be able to do that. But it doesn't sound like a, a step back with the ankle, just a general soreness after this game, and it was a physical one against the Bengals. Uh, speaking of running for first downs, um, of course, that's what Mahomes did on the – uh, the final offensive snap for the Chiefs and picked up a first down, but not enough really to try a uh, a field goal from from that distance until uh, Joseph Asai pushed him when he was out of bounds and, um, and and got the 15 yard penalty, and that of course gave Harrison Butker the the the, the yardage he needed to to get the 40 with 45 yard field goal. So Sam. Um, Mahomes addressed that today, and John Gordon asks. Uh, he was talking about the conspiracy theories on the refs. That's one of them, right? That's some of the chatter we've been hearing in Kansas City this week, and certainly social media has gone crazy with the um, with the theories about this. That uh, it's it's a, it's a call that should not have been made. But I thought it was a really smart answer from Mahomes uh, on you know did he did he try to sell the call? And I, I, my interpretation of the answer was. He was in no position to sell it. He, he, he you know, he, he, he did nothing that he would have would not have done out of the ordinary is the way I interpreted it. What do you think? Yeah, Bengals fans are down bad, right? I mean, if, if this is the call that they're pointing to, I mean, it's it's an easy call. I mean, Patrick Mahomes said it was the furthest he thinks he's been hit out of bounds. Um, he had to roll. I think you see a lot of players roll because of all the traffic there on the sideline, but him in particular was something we talked a lot about last week. He was going to have most trouble stopping on that ankle. And so he didn't want to plant that ankle hard in the ground to try and stop his momentum there and elected to roll instead. So, I mean, yeah, it might look like he's trying to sell the call, but frankly, that's irrelevant. It's not a call he should have to sell. It was very obvious that he got hit late. The The important thing moving forward is knowing that Patrick Mahomes is going to have to move around a lot more than he did against the Bengals because of the opponent he's facing. The Eagles have 15 more sacks than any other team in the NFL. The Chiefs are second on that list, I think, with 55. Eagles had 70 sacks this year 
They have four guys who had at least 11 sacks this season. Um, every metric you look at, you know, Football Outsiders has their pass rush just far and away number one. Um, and I think that the Bengals are, you know, in like the the bottom five on that same list. So I, I had written earlier this last week that I thought the Bengals were a good opponent to, to play given the circumstances that Patrick Mahomes was going to have to throw from the pocket more. This is not really the best opponent to play when you're limited on that ankle injury. And the question is whether, and this is what Jesse touched on already, but usually three weeks out from a high ankle sprain, you might be able to get through some stuff because usually it's about a four to six week injury. And now you're getting closer to being healthy at three weeks. But Patrick Mahomes went, a, went through a full NFL tackle football game after seven days. It's a little bit different. And he did say today that he was sore, but he didn't think he had any setbacks. But he also didn't spend Sunday rehabbing, getting treatment, and healing the ankle. He put it through you know, as, as much torment as he possibly could have, to be frank. So that's what I wonder. Are we going to get Patrick Mahomes three weeks removed from an ankle injury? Or are we really only getting him two weeks removed from this high ankle sprain? With with all those sacks, or to where do the Eagles rank as far as a, as far as a blitzing team concerned? Do they do they blitz um, uh, often? You know, NFC team we're not as familiar with uh, with them as we are the teams in the AFC. Yeah, let me look, let me. I'll I'll get that to you, Blair. <laughs> I'm just curious. That is an incredible amount of sacks, and to have four and double double digits—that is uh, that, that's quite amazing. Um, you know, it's, it really is hard to take a lot away from the Eagles' victory over the 49ers in the NFC title game. It was thirty was it thirty one to seven or thirty eight to seven? I can't remember the final, but they blitzed the Giants the week before and then handled uh, uh, the the 49ers so easily. Um, they they are they're clearly on a roll here. Meanwhile, the Chiefs win two one possession games and, um, and and you know sweat bullets to to beat the you know the, the Cincinnati Bengals. So um, let's while while Sam is looking that up, what, how do we interpret that, Herbie? One team comes into this with narrow you know two narrow victories. The other one comes in you know having breezed through. Um, uh, their two games in the playoffs, but you know what? I I'll, I'll take a first stab at it and say I remember the the 49ers uh, four years ago came in with two easy wins in their playoff games and, and then came in and lost to the Chiefs. So, but from from a like a confidence standpoint, should it matter? Does it matter? Yeah, it's kind of hard. That, that's a fair question, but I don't know how much you can take out of the 49ers. Uh, losing to the Eagles because they were down to Brock Purdy and then Purdy got hurt. They were down to like their fifth quarterback and then he got hurt and then Purdy had to go back into the game. If, if anything, the Eagles beat the team they were supposed to beat. Um, are they on a, on a, on a roll? Absolutely. They've been on a roll all season. So, you know, they're, of course they're going to be confident. Jalen Hurts was neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes for the MVP award until he got hurt towards the end of the season with the shoulder injury. This is a good football team. I hate to sound like Andy Reid, but <laughs> he's right. It's a good football team, and they should look forward to the challenge of playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I see some discussion. You know, Matt has this about, uh, and it's not wrong, uh, that the Eagles have had the weaker 
teams to play in here. I kind of feel like this is going back to the old Gonzaga discussion with college basketball. Like, can Gonzaga be any good while playing in the West Coast Conference? And the answer is, of course, yes. I mean, if LeBron James is playing for your high school team, he'd still be LeBron James. He'd still be a really good basketball player. Uh, that doesn't really impact the uh, you know the type of person or player that you are. But I always go back to the line on this. I mean, it, it seems like both of these teams were you know, the dominant teams in their conference for most of the year, or at least got the one seeds, the Chiefs and Bills in the AFC were kind of the, the top two, whereas, uh, you know, the Eagles kind of sailed their way through the NFC. But the line's at, what, one and a half? It's been moving uh, between Pickham and one and one and a half both ways. So uh, this is a really even matchup. And, you know, I, I hate to go this way, but it is sort of pick your narrative, right? Like it's uh, the Chiefs having a tougher matchup. Does that make them more battle-tested? The Eagles not having as many injuries and not being assessed, does that make them more rested? I mean, Blair, you gave the example of the 49ers a few years ago. I gave you the example of the Chiefs last year, who they went through the Bills and had that emotional, crazy victory where they got beat up. The next week came out kind of flat against the Bengals and weren't able to advance to the Super Bowl. So it is sort of like pick your uh, you know, pick your narrative here, depending on who you are. But uh, the bottom line is what Vegas says uh, to me, and the Vegas says that this is going to be one of the closest Super Bowls, or at least going into it, is one of the closest Super Bowls that we've had in recent memory. So that's what makes it a great game. And I think what does impact it, too, is just that small thing we were talking about earlier, which is Patrick Mahomes, how's his ankle? Juju Smith-Schuster, how's his knee? Kadarius Tony, how's his ankle? You know, Willie Gay, is he going to be fine? Uh, you know, all these guys that are just, maybe it's a half point, maybe it's a, a quarter of a point. You add all those up, and all of a sudden, a game that's kind of a pick or pretty close, you might swing it to Eagles 1 or Eagles 2, that sort of thing. So uh, that's kind of where these two teams stand. The fact that the Eagles uh, probably are just a tiny bit healthier than the Chiefs is going to play into this game. And we'll see over these two weeks. If the Chiefs get healthier, then maybe this thing swings back to a true pick Yeah, the Eagles are a little bit tough to figure out because all of their numbers are really good. You know, they, they have the best um, – defense in the NFL, in particular the best pass defense in the NFL. It's not just the pass rush. They have three guys who can play cornerback. Two of them have been rated in the top 20 to 25 on pro football focus all year, and they got a third guy back with Maddox last week. So I think all their personnel suggests they're really good. When you look at their schedule, um, and I got this from pro football focus a couple days ago, but their four best offenses they faced this year are – the one time they played the Cowboys with with Dak Prescott, the Packers, the Jaguars, and the Lions. Those are the four best statistical offense that the Eagles defense has faced this year. They all had 30 points against them. So there's there's splits against the good teams versus the bad teams. Now everybody should be better against the bad teams and worse against the good teams, but their their splits are, are pretty exaggerated. And obviously the Chiefs is the best offense that the Eagles are going to face all year. They finished first in points and yards this year. So it, like I said at the top of this, it's a little difficult to figure out how good are the Eagles' defense. And, I mean, what, what, what better test they have and what better time to have that test in the Super Bowl next weekend against the Chiefs? Yeah, Blair – or I'm sorry, Sam, I just go big picture on this. This is sort of what we talk about analytically, like – what is the one thing I was talking about the trump card in, in football? What's the trump card in football? It's a passing offense, right? And the Chiefs have a quarterback. They have Andy Reid. They have the, you know, the offense to go with it. That's sort of what that indicates to me, which is like the Eagles have a defense that if you don't have a really good pass offense, they're pretty good. If you have a good pass offense, that's the trump card. It can beat you no matter what. So that's sort of why we're still talking about Patrick Mahomes' injury. How mobile is he going to be? Is he going to be good in two weeks? Because the Chiefs have proven over the course of the season, like, Think about the best defenses they faced, like Tampa Bay going into that one, a feared defense, went up and put a ton of points on them. San Francisco, play at San Francisco, went and put a ton of points up on them. The Chiefs, when they're playing well, 
and you have a good defense, the Chiefs win. You know, it's the trump card. It goes on top of that. So that's kind of probably where the Eagles are facing right now is that they feel good about their defense. They like their personnel. They have a quarterback on his rookie contract. So you can sprinkle throughout the rest of the roster a lot of this money. But right now with the Chiefs, they have the quarterback, which overrides everything else. It's like the Uno card or whatever. Like that that goes on top of everything else. And Patrick Mahomes is the ultimate. When he's playing well, he can overcome all that. Now is he going to play well? Or does he have enough weapons, even you know, with the limited ones he has uh, or had available to him last week, they were able to make the plays. Does he have enough this week to be able to go over the top of this Philadelphia defense, which by all indications is good, but still not good enough to beat a passing offense. That's kind of the one unstoppable force in the NFL. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. I like Super Bowls where the teams did not meet in the, in the regular season. Um, the, the, uh, two years ago, the Chiefs played the Bucks in a rematch, second time in Tampa that year. And um, obviously didn't go well for the Chiefs. By the way, the Chiefs were, I think, came started that game as a one-and-a-half-point favorite uh, and then um, and, and, you know, fell flat early and had all kinds of problems. We, we know what happened in Super Bowl 55. One thing I do find – another thing I find interesting is uh, this year, the way the schedules worked out, both the Chiefs and the Eagles played the AFC South. So you there, there are some opponents, common opponents here, and – relatively the, the, the Eagles swept their games. The chiefs went three and one losing to the, the Colts, but the Eagles only beat the Colts by a point. So um, they, they played uh, evenly in the, in the, um, in, in the games in which they had common opponents. So no clues there. Jesse, I do like that point about um, uh, what the chiefs did with against good defenses this year. Some, maybe the, two of the top three or four defenses they played, they shredded. And, um, and, and I, I absolutely agree with that, that, um, uh, that if, if you find a, it, when the chiefs go against a top notch defense, they tend to succeed where they don't, where they haven't succeeded obviously is um, in teams, you know, uh, against teams that, uh, that, that can run the ball effectively, control the clock, control possessions. And that is something the Eagles can do pretty well, Herbie, isn't it? 
Yeah, you got a running back over there with more than a thousand yards rushing this past season, Miles Saunders. And, and to Jesse's point, I, I do agree with they were able to punch a good defense in the mouth. But the difference between those defenses and the Eagles, the Eagles have offensive firepower. I guess the Buccaneers, you're facing, in, you know, clearly beyond this prime Tom Brady with one weapon, and they didn't have, they had zero semblance of a run game. With the 49ers, you had Jimmy Garoppolo and all, all the things that come with him and no running game. That was Christian McCaffrey's first, first uh, game in the 49ers uniform. Now you've got two quality wide receivers and all pro wide receiver A.J. Brown and that other wide receiver Smith with a, also, you know, you got two 1,000-yard receivers. This Eagles team can go up and down the field. Jalen Hurts led the NFC with 35 total touchdowns. So, you know, you got to be careful with this team as well. You know, one thing we can talk about as we get into next week, and we'll have a few of these shows next week from Phoenix, is um, the, the Chiefs winning uh, the way that they did on Sunday. How You know, they poured so much into that game, so much – emotion and you know with the and then they had the injuries and um and Mahomes playing hurt and Travis Kelsey is back locking up on Friday and and him you know we we sat up here in the press box two hours before the game and actually watched him you know run some you know some, some routes with Rick Burkholder watching him you know just to be sure that he would play and Jesse often refers to college basketball as, as a comp and I'll, I'll do that too here you know, we hear about it all the time. Coaches say that, um, you know, if, if you have an injury to a, to a key player, there's a rally around factor that usually is good for for a game. And, uh, you know, you kind of play above your heads to compensate for a loss. Now, I'm not saying I'm not suggesting there's a loss here, but but just the whole emotional aspect um, that, that, that the Chiefs poured into the AFC title game that the Eagles didn't have to do uh, in either one of their playoff games, to be honest with you. They those games were over early and, and, um, and, and they were on cruise control for two straight games. And the Chiefs were playing with their hair on fire for two playoff games, especially the second one. I don't know if that's a factor or not, but it's, it's something that I, that I thought about. And, um, and, and, and I thought about it again today when we were listening to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, Frank and, and Nick Bolton, it seemed like a low energy press conference today. Um, it, it just, it just did. I, I can't, I can't put my finger finger on why and, but it just seemed a little low energy. So, all right, Jesse, I'll ask you the basketball guy, is there something to the, the old, uh, you know, rally around for a game and, and then it catches up to you. Yeah. I, I mean, just go back to what I said earlier. It's like, it's sort of like pick your narrative. I mean, this is the opposite of what you said earlier, Blair, this is the, the chiefs against the bills last year. And it used, they used up everything they had for the 13 second game. They were, crazy high off that victory and then you know the next week couldn't get it done and get to the Super Bowl so if you want to be worried about that you can be if you want to be happy the Chiefs have played close games and have been challenged you can be happy about that um I think the bottom line with this is you know I've always I talked with Sam about this because it's a, an old Cardinals guy uh, and I know he's followed the Cardinals growing up but uh I just remember I I had World Series tickets to the Astros here in 2005 if they made it and I was uh, at the college rec center watching game five of the world series and uh the the astros were one out away from making the world series i thought man i'm gonna be able to go here and albert pujols sit one on the train tracks at uh, old enron field and it was a shot one of the biggest homers i've ever seen and like brad lidge almost crumpled into a the fetal position on the mound and i'm like there's no way 
I'm going now because the Astros are going to lose this game. They're going to lose the next two. They're not going to make the World Series. Sure enough, the next game, the Astros won pretty easily and went to the World Series. So sometimes we kind of talk ourselves to death on these pregame narratives and what could happen and what might happen. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, we've seen games from the Chiefs. We felt really good about them going into the, the Indianapolis game, winning that game, maybe dominating that game, and then Sky Moore drops a fumble. And that game was never the same after that. So small things early in the game can, can change it up. That's why we watch sports. That's why uh, they are so fascinating to us. But, uh, yeah, at this point, you know, you sort of are kind of looking at the prism you want to. I mean, are the Chiefs battle-tested? Yeah. Is that going to help them? Maybe. Are they a little bit more injured than they'd like? Sure. But uh, what's going to happen in this particular game? You know, at this point, we're all just sort of speculating until we know who's going to be on the field and potentially uh, how this thing is going to swing once that first ball is kicked off. I do think there's something to be said for running out of gas, particularly in the NFL when, and, you know, it's, it's just the most physically demanding sport we have. Right. Um, I think the chiefs will have two things working in their advantage here. Uh, possibly three, if you include the buy, you know, they've got time to sort of regroup is, is one. Um, but the two primary things I would, I would say are the opponent I think is going to work in their favor here. There's a lot of emotional attachment to this particular opponent that necessitates focus. Um, we're all asking about – Herbie asked today about there being two black quarterbacks. Blair, you asked today about there being two Big 12 quarterbacks. Um, Dave Scretta asked about the first time that's two quarterbacks from Texas. Uh, we've all asked Andy Reid about the, the Philadelphia ties – Nick Sirianni is going to get asked about the same thing. There's people in the front office here who worked with Nick Sirianni. I mean, there is just a ton of um, reasons to focus on Philadelphia this week rather than focusing on the last week in Cincinnati. And the primary thing I think is going to help the Chiefs in this cause is they've been here and lost this game before. I think it would be different if we're talking about a team that was two for two in their Super Bowl appearances, if they had beaten Tampa Bay and beaten San Francisco, and now they waltz into this game against Philadelphia – I think this would be a bigger storyline because Patrick Mahomes particular has lost this game. I just don't see any issue with, with him turning the focus from Cincinnati to Philadelphia in a week. Um, I like that thought. I also like the idea. I thought the chiefs offensive line played really well against Cincinnati and good sign. Everybody, everybody on the line appears healthy and uh, against a you know a Philadelphia team that gets to the quarterback, that's going to be essential. Chiefs, you know, Jarek McKinnon does a, and even Pacheco lately has been doing a great job of, you know, in pass pro. And um, I, I do think that they'll they'll be determined um, uh, to 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 keep Mahomes as safe as as they did against the Bengals for for the most part. Okay, as, as we begin to wind down, let let me um, let me bring up one other aspect of this game that we know about already, and that is uh, the referee. We know who's calling this game. And Herbie, tell us how it works. How does, uh, how does um, Carl Cheffers uh, get selected to uh, be the referee for this game? And, and remind us, it's not, it's not his crew calling it. It's basically an all-star crew. Am I right? Yeah, it's an all-star crew. And you know, you're asking me to tell you how it works after I saw Carl Cheffers getting this, this game I have no idea how it works. Essentially, though, in all seriousness, it's a grading system. And at the end of the year, the NFL officiating company, whatever, their organization gets with the NFL, and they they, they compilate the grades, they compile the grades, I mean, and they say, okay, this this player, or excuse me, this ref will work this game, this ref will work that game, and and it's it's an all-star crew. Uh, 
But you know, you asked the question how we got it. That's that's the, that's all I got for you. <laughs> that's it's the it's the highest graded. Uh, it means he's the highest graded white hat of the year. Um, so, look, I I really hope we're not talking about the referees after the game. Um, but I think it is legitimate to talk about this particular referee. And Blair, you, Jesse, and I already had this conversation amongst ourselves because we were interested in it, but. To me, it's not that Carl Sheffers has had some bad games with the Chiefs in particular, some bad calls against the Chiefs. That's really not my concern going into the game. My concern is that he leads crews that annually lead the league in penalties every year, and it slows down the game. And while it's not his crew going to the Super Bowl, he is the man in charge of the crew, and I think we all thought going into the 2020 Super Bowl in Tampa Bay that that same thought. It's it's just him. It's not his entire crew. But, Blair, you mentioned it. That crew set an NFL record for penalties thrown in the first half. And Jesse and I went to the game in Houston this year, and there were two instances as, as bad. I, first of all, I, I mentioned this, but – there were players in the locker room after the game that were asking me about calls made in the Houston game because they were like, what did the replay show on that? I, I didn't think I got the guy. And specifically defensive holding and, and DPI calls, which Carl Sheffer's crew leads the league in, in those calls. And the two worst calls, despite all of that conversation, or worst instances for the referees were there were flags thrown extended huddles to where Jesse and I are in the press box going, what, what is the conversation here? Somebody threw a flag. Why'd you throw it? What's the conversation here? He just came on the mic and said, well, no flag on the play, no explanation for why. And I think that's a disservice to the fans. And regardless of what crew he's got, that is the person running the crew. And like I said, I worry about the pace of the game. I worry about the clarity of the calls within the game even if it's not his crew, um, because it is still him. Yeah, we spent some time earlier in the show talking about, you know, sort of making fun of Bengals you know, fans uh, with, with their uh, complaining about the officiating in the AFC title game. And listen, I, th- it's what fans do. It, it's what, you know, and, and, but, but there is a, um, yeah, there is a reason to, to, to talk about this, in, in, you know, before the game and, 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 and to be open to the, you know, to, to this, just to the idea that, um, you know, the, the, the person calling the game has had the Chiefs a couple times this year. It was, I think it was a Raiders game in Arrowhead, too, was it not? Um, yeah, he made the Chris Jones uh, roughing the passer call and the, the fumble towards the end of the half. Um, and then he had the Houston game this year, which the, the Raiders call, I think, is perhaps the worst call we've seen against the Chiefs this year. The Houston game, I think, is just overall the worst officiated game we've seen involving the Chiefs this year. So the Chiefs got that going for them um, as uh, as Super Bowl 57 approaches. Okay, hey, we're going to wrap it up here. We've got so much more to discuss, and we will do that next week from Phoenix. I think even Monday. Um, heads up, I think on Monday we're going to uh, we're going to come to you live, and then a couple other days. Uh, from the Valley of the Sun as well. And Jesse Newell, Herbie Teopi, and Sam McDowell, along with Vahe Gregorian, will all be there. And uh, George Howard produced the show admirably like he always does. George, thanks a lot. And we'll, we'll talk to you guys again from Phoenix. Join us then. Thanks. 
That'll do it for today and this week on Sports KC. Thanks to our production staff of George Howard, Jeff Rosen, Scott Chasen, Monty Davis, and Randy Mason. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights. The best Super Bowl coverage can be found in the Kansas City Star on KansasCity.com and in the Morning Sports Edition. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com to read the nation's best digital sports page. Thanks for listening. Today's our last show in Kansas City. We'll come to you next from the Phoenix area and Super Bowl 57, where the Chiefs coverage crew will be gathered all week. Please join us on Sportsbeat Live broadcasts and listen to the Sportsbeat KC podcasts. We'll talk to you again soon.